I wasn't sure if it was going to turn on. As long as that was the only concern when you're pressing a <laughs> massive flashing button. <laughs> it did turn red. The big red button. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Face on. I'll make you do this soon. Just for trial. Hello and welcome back to episode number 50 of Widowed AF. I did not expect to be saying that. It coincides as well with us being just shy of six months as well. As well as, if you could do a little drum roll. I think there might be one in there. Oh, okay. We'll <laughs> insert a drum roll. Otherwise, you've just got the sound of me slapping my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have also reached, as of yesterday, 25,000 downloads. So... That is incredible and we are so grateful to all of you and I'm going to stop kind of wafting on about this and, and oh, it, it just feels unbelievable um, sometimes that this is happening and I know that so many of you are kind of getting something from this and that, to be honest, brings us the most yeah. kind of joy, doesn't it, if that's the right word when we're talking about death. That, that's why we started this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. change, change narrative, change, change the, narrative. the character, conversations, yeah. Yeah. Um, make it easier for us guys to wander through the world. Yeah, because sometimes I do have conversations with people and they say, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. Is that okay? And yeah, it is actually because it is okay to be interested in other people's experiences of death. It doesn't make you, not always anyway, a voyeur or a vulture. It's okay to want to know what it feels like and and how you kind of survive that because as I do say we are 50% likely to be widows if you're in a romantic relationship so you kind of have to face it but it is that that powerlessness and that reluctance to talk about it in the last taboo of death anyway sorry I do digress a little bit because um I do have an agenda. It's a hastily written agenda, but we've got quite a lot to cover today because we've we've had a, a pretty busy week. So we would like to just kind of talk about Eileen's episode because hers went out on Monday and it was a COVID death, which regular listeners will know are quite difficult for us to do because my alive husband, Mr. Gil Moss, very nearly wasn't my alive boyfriend back in March 2020. Yeah. So I'm, we are going to talk a little bit about the similarities between um, both Eileen's experience and, um, and her husband, Scott, who, I mean, they were together for 32 years. Oh, actually, sorry, he's not her husband, he's her partner. Sorry, I should get that right. I do apologise, Eileen. So sorry, it was, he was her partner of 32 years. I mean, they were together from when it was 17. And just before we came on mic, I said, I cannot imagine that, you know, spending that long with somebody and then losing them in a time like COVID when you couldn't even visit them and mm. say the things you wanted to. It just, that really did break my heart, I have to say. And they've the been projected to loneliness, the lockdown. Like, yeah. Uh, um, 
That's, that's difficult. It's really difficult. It was a real difficult listen, if I'm honest. Yeah, you didn't sit in. So sometimes John will listen in on the episodes. Just he's he's kind of in the background in case we have technical issues or in case you know there's, there's something he wants to note down. And this one he didn't because he knew he would listen to it back for the final edit, and he knew that we would then talk about it here. And it is a very very difficult subject because. Eileen's husband, he caught COVID um, and he actually was a little bit later. It was 2021, so it wasn't back in the yeah, early days, the, which surprised me. Yeah. yeah, and and he also spent a month in the ICU, which is kind of the exact amount of time that you spent um, intubated in the ICU. And it just, you know, it, listening to it, it made the hair stand up on my, the back of my neck because it made me realise just how lucky we are that you made it. And just how many people didn't? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a hell of a lot of heartache out there, um, and whether history looks on this favourably or negatively, I, I don't know. I know that they they saved my life. Mm. Um, if it wasn't for the teams that were working through those hospitals at that particular time, um, you know, chances are that I wouldn't have been here. Mm. Um, you know, so many things went in my favour even though it was a horrific thing. Um, and that seems to be a resounding thing in life. You know, the, yeah. the good can go with the bad. And I was in ICU, but, you know, one hell of a team was looking after me. Yeah, they um, were a great team, and actually. Not, yeah, not just not just nurses. We, you know, we've got to talk about Rose here, you know, <laughs> going out, um, getting the dictaphones, just collect, collating messages. Um, I still have them. Uh, they're wonderful. Um, mm. uh, it was the only thing we could think, well, I could think of to do because I wasn't allowed to see you and I wasn't allowed to contact you. Well, I couldn't contact you. You were in a coma. And they did eventually bring in iPads and things, but people were then subsequently saying goodbye to people via iPad. I mean, just, you, that, it just breaks my heart. And I kept saying to them, if he dies, will you let me come and say goodbye? And in the end, I got them to say yes, but I would have had to be in full spaceman suit. Um, and I suppose I dreaded that call. I almost want, I wanted to come in so badly, but I also knew if they told me I could come in, that I wasn't going to be coming out with an alive partner. Mm. So staring down the barrel of that again was very, very scary. And coming out of that was very, very scary for you because it made you completely reevaluate your life, didn't it? And, you made two kind of monumental life choices, which ultimately ended up in us being married and us being able to build this life together. Um, and we are very, very happy, as we say quite often. But yeah. I think to skirt so close to the edge, so close to already having lived through this horrific trauma of each of us losing our spouse, it did leave us jarred. And I do think it kind of delayed a lot of grief processing because we were just in survival yeah, and, and you know, I remember um, the the one call I got after the event by the um, by the the teams over in the NHS, um, and the 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 fellow who spoke to me had been one of the nurses on the board who'd been looking after me, mm. and he says he remembers looking in my eyes and just I just looked scared. Yeah, um, and I, I now recognise that feeling, and it's 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 the one that we've all felt. When we've lost, you know, we lost our other half, that, that void, the like, holy fucking mm. shit. And the powerlessness as well, because we also talk about this idea that you can be a good person, you can eat well, exercise, do all the things you're supposed to do, but you can still die. 
and you can die from diseases that you shouldn't get because you're young and fit and healthy and you can die in horrible tragic sudden circumstances too and in some cases people take their own lives we none of us are immune from it and I think talking about it and kind of facing up to that reality of it is one thing but actually facing the reality of your own mortality is scary and it you know it sent you onto a health almost health anxiety didn't it um yeah, it was quite the arc yeah it landed it landed me back with my counselor yeah and, and actually you you you're, you sort of have a relationship with your counselor where you kind of dip in and out don't you periodically when you mm. need it um I still kind of have to go every week because I know what I'm like and I need the structure and the routine of that but anyway I mean it, it just it was a powerful powerful episode because she talked so beautifully about the pain of watching somebody you die but not actually being able to be with so somebody you love die and not actually being able to be there and there's one quite particular that she said as soon as I said intubation that she knew and you know this thought went through her head that there's no way he's going to come out of there alive and I think in some ways I feel quite grateful for the ignorance I had that you went in so early because at the time when they said we're going to intubate I thought it was going to be for a week and it would just cure you and you'd be fine. Whereas going into this in October 21, when we knew so much more about what happened when people went into intubation, it must have been even it more scary. Have, it would have been a different conversation. I remember when they said, we're going to take you down and they were, I was frantically texting everybody because they were about to put me to sleep. So I was quite literally off the grid for seven days. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I've never, I've, I've been for operations before it was very similar um but then to to wake up and i didn't know if it was, i thought it was christmas time mm. i thought like six nine months had passed by mm. they were, oh, no, no, it's may and then the doctor walked in and he sort of clapped his clipboard he goes oh my 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 it's my miracle man and <laughs> he told me what had happened and it was like an anvil just went through my mm. my brain and i couldn't if i'm honest i was still coming off the meds And I think also when you are, you know, you're quite a successful, powerful man in your business and, you know, you have managed to... Oh, so, so, all right, sorry, okay, uh, influential, so I don't know, right, I'm trying, not, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. right, don't interrupt the flow, you can't do that to somebody with ADHD, I'll go for talking about kittens or something in a minute, that's, that's <laughs> I'll go, I'll go and start cleaning idea. a cupboard out, <laughs> um, sorry, I th- yes, so the, the, the other aspect of it is we talk about this powerlessness and how you can't save somebody when they're dying, and you, you know, you tried everything when Sarah was diagnosed, mm-hmm. and of course we faced this very similar scenario when you were in hospital, because you came home to me perhaps earlier than you would have under normal circumstances because of how overstretched they were and, and also because of how stubborn you are. There, um, there is that, yes. <laughs> and it was that situation of, it, I can't do anything here. Like, it's just me and you, kid, kind of thing. You know, we just bumbled through it. Mm. And But you had to surrender so much kind of power to other people because initially you couldn't even walk. So all your meals, you know, and sleeping on a mattress on the floor and I'm sleeping on a different mattress next to you and, it took you back to being completely vulnerable and almost like somebody that is very poorly. And that must have been very difficult for you to be in a a similar position to the one that you had watched Sarah go through. And obviously, thankfully, your your outcome was was positive and you're here and you're well and you're fit and you're unable to be with your family. But for so many people, even those who survived it, they haven't even had that. They've been left so poorly and so debilitated. It it's a, obviously it's a subject that's really really close to our hearts and we could kind of talk for ages about this and perhaps we will again at some point but I am conscious that um we are 
it's a wash up and uh, we've got quite a long episode already. We're pumping out three episodes this week. We're on fire. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got some content coming out. We have got some content coming out. Um, and on that note, we really do need to mention um, the episode that we had out yesterday, which was probably the most daunting thing I've done so far. Um close second maybe to the presentation to RPC but it was nerve-wracking and I I can certainly hear it in my voice when I start and I kind of hear when I find my flow a bit but um, I suppose it was a really interesting conversation because she really is at the top of her field in this industry. Um, Before we go into I'm just going to interject a little bit Um, uh, she says that she gets nervous Um, now I, I, I sit and I watch what she puts herself through before pretty much every single episode, even these ones where it's just me and Rose chatting away, um, because she really does care. Um, and, I've you know, I've seen her go for interviews at the BBC, shaking like a leaf when she goes in, but then as soon as the so the, the lights come on, so to speak, <laughs> you light up and you, and you, you, you turn it on and... The interview with Julia was, um, you know, that was nerve-wracking. You know, she's she's an MBE and a noted author, um, you know, speaking to little olders on uh, Widowed AF. But I I was incredibly proud that you you did that and even more proud that you got the validation afterwards. You're so sweet. Thank you. I'm blushing over here and trying not to cry again. (laughs) I cry all the time. Um, thank you it was um, I was very very honoured actually because it did it validated me because I repeatedly say I'm no expert I'm no expert I'm not I've got no qualifications in this but whereas a psycho a psychiatrist or a counsellor or therapist that they may have personal experience but they have learnt how to hit how the road to healing or the best route to it like Julia has done um and then I sort of or we came to it quite organically I mean we've done therapy and, and done lots and lots of reading and stuff audiobooks um but how you could kind of come to the came, same conclusion that really there is only one way out and the way out is to face it head on mm-hmm. and you cannot outrun it and the more you try the longer it's going to take but she she, I mean, she said some very lovely things, actually, which was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And um, one of the key things that I really wanted to talk to her about, and I was able to, was, because she does specialise in the impact of grief on children and into adulthood, she treats adults. I was able to ask her about um, our youngest, Tabby, Tabitha, and um, she was six months when Ben died, um, my first husband and, her, and, and my children's dad. And I have always wanted to know, really... How much damage can be done to a six-month-old? How much do they absorb? How much do they take on? Mm. Because I, I, I give myself credit now that I did try very hard to keep the kind of um, developmental needs. You know, I took her to sensory groups, yeah. and yeah, and 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 you know, we. I mean, she was exclusively fed on you know Ella's kitchen, and there was no mashing up of organic food this time round. But my mum and dad moved in and, you know, anyway, I digress. This is all in the other episode. But um, I wanted to ask her if Tabby could have been sort of long-term damaged by this trauma. And if so, how, when I would know when signs would show. 
and she said how old is she and I said she's she's five she's, she'll be six in September and um and she sort of said and she enlisted asked me some questions and I said no 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 I mean you know not great sleeper but apparently nor was I hey and um and she said no I think you would see any signs of real severe psychological trauma and I just I guess I felt this weight lift and she also clearly agreed with the way we're raising the kids you know and the keeping Ben and Sarah very much part of our world and mm. I guess to have the way that you have chosen and elected to parent without anybody telling us just and having somebody say no that is actually a really healthy way to do it, <laughs> it is, yeah, you yeah. just think oh god because so much of what we're doing particularly as a, as a blended family and a blended family who've had such bereavement is trial and error you don't want to know how many star charts we've gone through oh my god i'm on to another quest now um but we've got another one coming for the summer holidays maybe if you're interested we'll publish it and we can follow along see you manage to make it stick for the summer oh my god this is the (laughs) the tour related one yeah yeah we basically just don't want to pick don't pull up anymore (laughs) we're trying to monetize or enter the can so we're trying to monetize all the jobs we don't really want to do um and in, in lieu of just relentless requests for money over the summer holidays so we have got so we've got two off already one off next week and one off the week after yeah. So they're kind of coming down in dominoes, Slightly. but it's quite nice, actually. So on that note, I really wanted to speak to somebody um, who is a very good friend of mine and has um, talked to me quite quite a bit, actually, over the years that I've known her, about losing her dad at 11 and the things that helped and the things that hindered. And just every now and then she will give me this absolute gem of wisdom, won't won't you? And, it, and it's incredibly helpful. So I think now would be an opportune moment to play a little bit of a conversation I recorded with my very good friend, Jess Yeldon, earlier today. So I won't play the full conversation because otherwise this will be an epic episode, um, but you'll get a little bit of it and, and I'll put it out in full at, at a later date. But for now, here is a conversation I had with Jess earlier today. I mean, I mean... We, obviously, your podcast is about widowhood, but grief is universal, isn't it? I mean, I've, yes. I've listened to almost all of your episodes and I've sobbed along with them because I know what they're feeling. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I was speaking to my mum my about coming on here and she talked about telling me. And apparently I made that inhumane noise when she told me too. And wow. I've heard very many of your, your um, guests say that at the same time. Yeah. And that resonated with me. And the idea that you were talking about on... Um, Monday about you know somebody saying something well-meaning to Monty and him really latching onto that I had a very similar experience something that uh, actually it was even before my dad was sick um have you ever read Anne of Green Gables yes many many years ago don't ask me to quote it please (laughs) no I had the um I had the tape you know cassette tape of it of the story says how old we are people yeah exactly and I was listening to it uh, maybe probably about a year before he was diagnosed and we got to the part in it where Anne loses her um adoptive father Matthew he dies and I as I said my dad was fine at the time there was nothing wrong and I started sobbing to the mm. point where my mum, who was downstairs, heard and came up and saw me, and I was sobbing. I said, I don't want my daddy to die. And she said to me, Daddy's not going anywhere for a long, long time, honey. And then the next year he was diagnosed with cancer. And yeah, in my child brain, I interpreted that as, holy shit, I can then tell people, I can then tell when people are going to die. 
Oh, or when no. people make me sick. So now every time I have a worrying, a worrying thought about someone, I think, is it going to come true? Is it going to happen? And, I'm I'm the and, and I realized that, that was, the two things were entirely not connected. But in my child brain, I put the two together because yeah, why would you not? You know, I was told my dad was not going to die for a long time and he did. And, yeah. and I found that very, very difficult to deal with for quite a long time. It shatters your reality, and yeah. that sounds like a sort of really extreme statement, but it does. Your entire reality and trust in the world is shattered. And I know I saw that in my children. I can feel myself go, oh, because anything to do with the kids sets me off. But it just, and I can see it now. I can see yeah. it now in them. And I've spoken previously on the podcast, you know, that I'm going to be working with one of my children for next year to try and help them through this because he wasn't able to, he's not yet been able to access the counselling and things that I do think are so valuable. And I'm guessing that sort of stuff wasn't available to you as, a, as an 11 year old child going through this. And so as, and, and so, just as a sort of side note, really, the fact that your parents went together, that must have effect, impacted on you, how your mother grieved and therefore how you grieved. And how did you navigate that? Yeah. So, um, my dad, I, I First of all, I want to say he loved me very much, and I absolutely know that, but he wasn't a saint. I found talking to Jess quite powerful because she talked to me about things in a bit more detail, and I kind of probed her a little bit. I, I, I knew sort of more or less how far I could push her. I didn't want to go too far. But to hear that you can have a loss like that and go on to process it in a healthy way and form healthy relationships... But I think also what I took from that was the importance of giving children some autonomy and letting them have an, a say. If they're of an appropriate age in the decision process, um, for example, you know, her mum asking her if she wanted to go and see her dad's body. Now, I initially just went, Jesus. But at 11, some 11-year-old girls are, are mature enough and emotionally. Uh, question, yeah. yeah and, and she chose to go and she says she doesn't regret it. Um, and the other thing was this talk where she talks about her brother who was younger than her, not having any real memories, just having these sort of learnt memories and whether she would swap the pain to, but lose the memories. And she said no. And I thought that was really kind of poignant, I suppose, and, and really spoke to me about the importance of um, holding on to memories and sharing them with the kids. And I guess it made me think I really do need to um, get the video out because um, there is video footage of Ben and I've never been able to watch it. And I think actually this, I said I would try and do it this year. And yeah. I think I think possibly I'm getting towards being ready. And certainly I'm getting to the point where the children really, really, I should have it available to them because mm. she said she found this one tiny bit of video and how much it meant to her to see her dad like in moving form. And yeah. I thought, oh God, I, I can give my kids that gift. Actually, I really should do that. So that is going to be something I'm going to build myself up to. And, and if I feel up to it, I may share just a little clip on, on the socials because it would be nice for everybody to see a bit of what, what how does that go? That's <laughs> your mum was the Cliff Richard fan. You should living doll. That was a, <laughs> oh, but yeah. that 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 sorry. Oh living my god. Um, once again, we're doing an evening record. I'm sure you can tell by but now which these are. I similarly have a laptop down in the basement. That Creepy. I can't open. It's well, I can't. Oh. I don't want to open. It's it's Sarah's old uh. laptop. Um, and I will have to at some point probably have to go off battle with that mm. uh, Apple, but yeah, it is tough. It is tough because you you have to psych yourself up so much, and it really is difficult. And I 
I, I suppose I don't know how I'm going to cope with seeing a living, well, not a living, but a sort of, I guess, looking like mm. a living version of him. But as my very wise counsellor said to me, well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to be upset? <laughs> 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 and then you'll stop crying. <laughs> you might have a cry. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cry convert, remember? So anyway, on that note, we are going to love you and leave you for this week. And it has been just a whirlwind of just, I I just feel so grateful to be doing this. And I, we love this. We love what we're doing and we love all of you for being so invested and invested and supporting us. So from me and I just have oh. one thing to interject and oh, no I'm not going to say like and subscribe oh no but we do we would oh, like you to vote for us in the podcast awards we would uh, there's like, a newcomer award like, no there's subscribe not. and We're, listener's choice listener's, listener's choice. choice yeah there, there's an instruction video on the Instagram <clears throat> um, so for those who listened to Julia's uh, episode on Wednesday you we did reference an app an app that is a oh, an app yes, of her we did, yes now we have uh, well, basically, we've signed up to an affiliate deal with the people that make the app. Um, so we promote it, so you guys get a discount. Um, we get a little bit kickback, which sort of starts to pay the, the some of the costs Keep the of, uh, Keep the of uh, <laughs> running uh, running this podcast. Which um, so we're we're going to do a little bit of an experiment now. We're just waiting for the links to be set up. Um, I think my contact may be on holiday. But the links we got are not working at the moment. So as soon as they're on, look for an Instagram post. Um, and if anyone's interested, in the meantime, drop us a message on Instagram or uh, on one of the email addresses on our website. And as I did say um, in the episode with Julia, actually, we we don't we haven't taken any advertising yet. We feel very strongly about this that this should be somewhere. I guess what we don't want to do is monetize other people's pain i suppose that's where we sit on this however these things are expensive we do you know it does take time and we felt that putting a affiliate link on something that we genuinely believed in on these sort of chattier more less less formal episodes we feel ethically that's okay and if you guys don't we would like to hear from you and if you do have a have a look into it because i genuinely think that it's not going to be for everybody nothing is but I do think for some people who are ready to take that next step into kind of getting out of the pit it could be a really really useful resource well I I sent it over to um my relative yeah. that lost her husband at Christmas so I, I, I check in with her well, so I, I, I try to do it once a month don't I mm. um she has to and she she's well and truly in the chicken and wine mm. uh fried chicken and wine year maybe not with fried chicken and wine um, but, but that's that is the affectionate term we give to the bleak wilderness you yeah. know, when you are just numbing your pain with whatever um, you can and it's believe me it's not always chicken and wine but she she explained to me that like you know her, her life is like it's running on clockwork everything's to be repetitive everything's boring um but she started she's downloading the app and having a look to see mm-hmm. if she's ready to look at it yeah and even um, that's progress isn't it it repeats yeah. well uh, it, yeah. it gave me this thought sorry it gave me this thought of um by putting the clockwork lifestyle together, that's the first bit of scaffolding you need for your mind to then start to, like process the grief. Mm. That's that's the that's the top of the yeah. Plot. Putting back structure and and putting back the basic human, you know, the, the pillars, the the blobs of of healing. You know, starting to even I put, put your head above the parapet. Yeah. Uh, that, that is the first step and. 
you know, we're here to give you some help if we can. Um, our Instagram inbox is open. You can get us on our email addresses. If you would like to reach out to us, do. We we do our best to reply to everybody. Um, and, and, we, and we do enjoy hearing from you. But for now, everybody, you please do take care of yourselves. And, and we will... So close to getting an ending. Good then, wasn't I? So close. <laughs> anyway right guys oh my god i didn't use the word guys oh my god i am actually turning into one of the kids youtube channels thank you for listening everybody we love you and we will see you next week good night goodbye good night good night good night goodbye